listeners, this is Dr. Taylor Hartman um, with my friend Kat Larson. Hi, Kat. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning. Hello. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I've got to tell, oh my gosh. So I just watched Good um, Morning Vietnam. Vietnam. Oh and gosh, oh busy. my goodness, I could not help myself. I literally had one man reach over and say, what are you watching? <laughs> but I was in hysterics. Oh my gosh. I, I, it was one of those things like I, I'll have what she's having. It was like, what's it, what are you doing that is so funny? And I'm sorry, Robin Williams was genius. He just was Ugh. unbelievable at his Ugh. in the moment kind of comedy. And, and he connected with people so well in terms of where they were at, right? And what yes. they were feeling. And that's something I just, I just, I don't know. I love it about him. I also, I also loved the guy that was, you know, that was trying to be funny. Oh, I like, thought he in was. In my heart, I know I'm funny. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, self-delusion. <laughs> yes. Oh my, what a, he's such a great character. Oh, absolutely. He does it so great. But it yep. is, it is true that there are certain people who just lift you by mm-hmm. being around them. They have this wonderful sense of life and sense of spirit and knowing you're going to be with them, you get excited just to yes. be around them. Right. And yes. so I think it's kind of good for people to look at themselves and ask themselves like, am I a downer or am I an upper? Like, do I bring people up or am I always critical? I'm always negative about something. Um, am I lifting people or criticizing people? Those kinds of questions. What kind of individual am I? And why do I choose to be that person? What am I getting? I always tell everybody I work with, you're doing something because you get something for it. You wouldn't do it without getting something back. And I don't think people realize that. They think, no, 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 I'm not really getting anything out of it. Yeah, you are. It's just a reality. It's almost the same thing as behind every behavior is a motive. Something drives the behavior. Either you want something or you're angry about something or you're stuck somewhere, but something drives you to do what you do in life. That is so good. We we just had a... Uh... Paco and I just had a fight a couple of days ago because yeah. everybody's coming up for Labor Day ah. and we're going to go up to this lake on Sunday Sure, with paddle boards, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll get up early. I'll get up at 8 o'clock. I'll go scope out our thing. And and probably we were kind of chatting about it. Every time I brought it up, what we were going to do on Sunday, because like we're going to do this, there's going to be like 12 people. Right. So it's be like, you know, Friday we'll do this, Saturday we'll do this, Sunday we'll do this. So we're kind of going through it. But every time I brought up Sunday, well, you know, Kathy, it's going to be so busy. We're not going to find a place to park. I mean, every time he was telling me negatives. And I finally lost it on. <laughs> said, well, it's like, I got like, stop. Okay, what do you want to do? You want to sit home and watch television? Great. <laughs> I mean, but you're so. It, but and he looked at me and he goes, "Why am I doing that?" Which yes. is so great because you know he lives it with me. The so poor guy beats the crap out of him all the time. It's like, yes. what? I know he's so great. He's so. But he's, he's so like, humble. Why am I doing willing that? Willing to hear and, it. But and I think it's why do you do that? That's is. the question. Why? Why do you do that? Or why do you believe? No, no, we'll figure it out. Something will be, open up for us. Why is that in people, right? Uh, yes, I was just going to ask you that. It's like, uh, is he's is he's just trying to make sure that I like? Okay, well then, what do you want to do? Well, I don't have anything I want to do, and so I just I just wondered what you thought of. Yeah, just what, when you're saying what he's saying I is look at the positive. I want. He's saying I want to go and have a wonderful time, but it won't happen. I just know it won't happen. <laughs> it's like people who say I never get my expectations up because I'm let down when it doesn't work. And, and they live their life that way. I'd rather yes. not get excited 
because then I can't get let down. But I mean, it is, it's uh, you and I as yellows. That's not, we could not even begin to live life that way. That makes no sense to us at all. And I will be honest, yellows are lucky. Like life does open up for us. Like there's things that happen. I just talked to a very good friend of mine. This is a great story. So his son, they dropped his son off at USC. I said, oh, how much money did you donate? Because I know you had donated a lot of money because I know you do that with with your other kids, right? He goes, not a dime. I said, what? And then I stopped and I said, oh, of course, yellow. I, re- I realized that he's yellow. Nothing. I mean, he just got in. That's how it is. And, oh. and, and there's something to be said for yellow people are given generosity in life, often because they are generous themselves. And I can think of a, a great friend of mine who I've, I've worked with over the years. That she is very much that way. Uh, Tracy has just this gift of inviting in good things and generous, very generous of spirit. And things seem to work out for her better than many others around her. And people feel resentful. Like, why is that? Well, I don't think they realize the other side of it is her generosity, how she is generous of spirit. So it is interesting. I hope our listeners are thinking about that. Like, am I getting better at being open and fun and engaging and inviting? Or am I more critical, judgmental, negative? What was me? Can I have a question? Like in your life, you say there's people that uplift you. Who's your uplifter? Oh my gosh. I just, I, I have lots of friends that are just fun to be around. Lots of people mm-hmm. I look forward to being with. Many. I have many like that. I just knowing I'm going to see them. I have a cousin um, who lives in Wisconsin. <laughs> and um, like this new thing came out that they're going to have a thing now. You're no longer a woman. When they teach sex, sex ed, it's a woman. You no, know, no, you're a person with a vulva. That's how they describe them. And I, the first person I thought of was calling my cousin Dan and saying, oh, you guys have emerged from the 21st century. <laughs> it's a person with a vulva. Okay. So, and he's somebody that I, every time I have been with him, I have had such fun, such a great time. It's always upbeat and fun. So- and I was thinking about that with, um, I have some, uh, like an aunt that's just fun to be around, like delightful. And I enjoy people like that. I they always feel better. There's never a sense of, well, are you dressed right? Or um, why weren't you here earlier? Or the, the negatives, none of that. It's always just, we're here, let's go. So. Well, I so love that. Why and, aren't and, you and dressed you, right? And, and you're that yeah. way with me. I mean, I feel the same about you, actually. I, I yeah. never don't want to be together with you. Never. So, so, so it's kind of fun. Same, man. Same. Back at you. Well, I, I, I do think it's kind of cool to have people in your life who make you feel wanted and loved. And I will say to our parents that are out there, you, you have no idea the impact events are in your life that you can create for your kids a sense of belonging. Like you'll always be wanted here, no matter what you choose or how you do your life. I will want you in my life, right? So I think that's important. It is. It is on intentionally. Yes. You know, like if you put your intention on that and pay it, you know, sometimes you can just go through and it happens. But I think if you really want it to be a thing in your life, like focusing on, like you said, the word uplifting, like I'm going to think about that word today. Am I uplifting people? Am I looking how to do that? And then, and probably for the people that are hardest for me to do that with that I roll my eyes at when I get on the phone with them, right, you know, right, people right. in my life that I go, 
And I don't, and I, and I'm not a big eye ruler, but it's like, oh gosh, okay. Gird your loins. I got to talk to this person. How do I, how do I uplift that person instead of have that other mindset? Right. No, that's exactly right. I do think you, we need both in life. In fact, it's interesting. I want our, our, our listeners to think about this thing. There are people that are easy on you. They just bring mm-hmm. that light to your life. And then there are people who are not, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to learn to manage both. We have to learn to look for and seek out people who lift us and enhance us. And we have to learn how to deal with people who don't instead of running away from them. I don't know if you've heard about this, this latest thing, which just drives me insane. It's called quiet quitting. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's people who feel misunderstood and overworked or not appreciated who simply don't work very much. They just kind of withdraw from the workplace at whatever hour they decide they deserve to, but they stay on the clock. Like I'm getting paid, but I'm not doing what you're wanting me to do because I don't feel I have been respected or treated properly or paid enough. So rather than having a conversation with you and being accountable and holding you accountable, I just quietly get passive aggressive and slide away. And then they go on websites and talk to each other about how they're getting back at their employer um, instead of doing the work the employer thinks they're doing. It is oh my unbelievable gosh. how lacking accountability that concept is. And if any of my listeners are one of those people, I don't respect you. I want you to know that. It's not okay with me for you to say, well, they didn't treat me right, therefore I have a right to do this. And when I call people out on this, they will say to me, well, I need the money and I need the job. Well, okay, therefore that justifies you being dishonest. It's so, that whole mindset where we've gone with people feeling like, if you've offended me, I now have the right to take offense and treat you badly or expect something from you other than uh, what I'm getting. And if you don't do it for me, then I will take care of it on my own terms at your expense. Totally unhealthy. Do you think the, um, so this is what I always have questions about. Like we have generationally go through things. Do you think this taking offense to and um, things that I hear about like sensitivity and yes, overly sensitive. Um, all of the things that are happening, do you think that overly, overly sensitive we have become? Do you think, do you see that? 100%. Okay. And what do you think that's driven by? The woke mentality. The idea that we have been wronged and we deserve to be treated better. It's unbelievable. It's, it's like literally a cultural shift in our society. There's no longer the sense of I'm accountable. I want to make this a great experience for you. My wife and I were talking recently about customer service. Mm-hmm. Like we were at a family that we had all, most of our kids out together for their birthdays for celebration. Mm-hmm. And I literally went to the manager twice and said, you must intervene. This is not working. We're not getting anything at all. And there was no like, oh, we're sorry. We're out of line. Customer service today is, my wife even said, I think our kids may never really know what customer service ever really was because it's become so lackadaisical. Like, and then the, the justification is, well, I'm overworked. I'm not paid enough. I'm, there's lots of reasons why they do it. And it's so different than the woman, the one, this one place where we were eating and, and literally we sat there 10 minutes, no one came. And she came over and said, I've been noticing no one's been attending to you. I'll just take your order. I thought, wow. And I tipped her big. I said, you know what? 
That kind of responsibility is so impressive to me because you took responsibility for something that wasn't even yours because you saw mm-hmm. it wasn't taken care of mm-hmm. versus the idea of, well, no one understands what I'm going through and it's not fair. And uh, we were at a restaurant last night, as a matter of fact, and it was very, like there was literally um, half the tables were open outdoors. It was beautiful, very fun, delightful uh, restaurant. And they said that we, we were seated and we sat there for 15 minutes with nobody coming by. And we were hearing the person seating people saying, you'll have to wait 15 minutes for uh, a table. And they said, but there's like half of them are open. <laughs> and he said, well, we have no uh, servers. So they had two servers for what would have been at least probably five, six servers. And so oh. they were held back because of that. And these poor servers were also struggling because they could not step up the base. They didn't have that skill to do that. And then our server actually said to us, I'm really sorry, I'm underage, I can't serve alcohol. So the tables that wanted alcohol served, only one other waiter could serve them. So he was like limited and hamstrung. And I thought, isn't that interesting how people are not really able to like step up and be the customer service that I was, I grew up with. I see that more and more. And employees have a hard time hiring people. So I think it's a wave. I do. Very disheartening to me. It's, it's, it is. It's, it's so much better when people take ownership for their lives and for the relationships and make a difference. It's interesting. Um, I had a, a recent experience where I actually called people out for that. I said, you know, I'm sorry you were offended by something I said, but only because you didn't hear my message. I'm not sorry I said it. That's, that, you're judging my intention. My intention was not what you think it was. So that's on you. Well, no, you can't make that up about me. That's no, you said it. I said, exactly. But what I intended was not what you said I intended to do. That's on you. And it's interesting how few people seem to see they have a responsibility in owning what they're, whatever someone says to them that offends them. That's on them. Take ownership for that. Don't necessarily assume the other person has to fix your problem. So I think that's a, a wave where mental health worries me to death, Cap, because we're moving down a path now where people are justifying being overly sensitive rather than saying, yes, I need to own this and get better about it. Yes. Well, one of the things that I think I learned, you know, day two in when I met you was the 100% responsibility, you know, process. And, you know, that that's just like, what did I do to create this? And it is really a powerful thing. And you're right, though. I think that, you know, rationalization of everybody's doing this. And then when I'm sitting in a restaurant and not, you know, not getting what I want, who do I want to be? Do I want to be understanding? Do I want to, you know, like it, it, you can, you can turn out to be as bad as the bad service if you don't watch it. (laughs) No, you know what? No, you're, you're right about that. That that's exactly right. Rather than take responsibility and go talk to somebody that can do something about it. Right. Yes. And I, and I do think in all fairness, I like, I feel for employers that are trying, literally they cannot staff people. And they're paying right. them money that double what people were making before, but they can't find them. So, I mean, I really feel for people that are trying to do this, but I just want as society as a whole to stop believing that it's not your responsibility to own what offends you. Like, yes. Take responsibility for it. And then if, you, if it really is an inappropriate thing that was done, you can speak to the individual about it. You don't speak to somebody else about it. Speak to them or let it go. And it's true, you and I have talked about this many times. There are some things that you should never let go of, like like uh, you should resolve. Like, remember the mm-hmm. anger cycle, when you talk about the yes. anger cycle? So yes. why are you powerless, right? So if you, when you get angry, you're always powerless. That's why you're angry. So 
If you sit in it long enough, it becomes depression. But if you're depressed, you can either choose one of three ways. Either you get over it and say, you know what? It doesn't matter to me. I'm letting it go. And some things you should do that with. Rather than becoming the angry customer, for example, don't go back to the restaurant. That's right. a better way to solve that. Right. You have other options. Right. Um, right. Number two is you need to resolve it because if somebody's hitting you and you're seeing them every day, you, you cannot just say, I'll just get over it every time they hit me. No, you need to say, that's not going to work for me. I'm not going to come here every day and be hit, right? So in a relationship where someone's doing something to you on a constant basis, no, you have to resolve that. You can't just say it doesn't matter to me. And then the third one is people would just say, you know what, I'm depressed and I deserve to be, so I'm going to stay there for a while. So those are the three ways you can deal with it. But I think many times people get confused and they actually fight to resolve something that is better left alone. Let it, let it go, move on with your life. And they get, they get caught up in the briars of life. And then there are those people who... Uh, let go of things that really need to be addressed. You can't just keep making it okay that it's going on like this. And picking out the difference in those is what's important. I I was just going to ask you that. Do you think that um, paying attention to, I mean, what what are the guideposts for that? What's most important, the stuff that affects you the most or... I mean, this is a, this is a, that's, you can go down a black hole on this one. It always goes back to motive. Why is this irritating me? What's my role in it? Why do I feel it's important? And if you're petty, then you're out of line. You're wrong. And if it's an overarching principle, then you may actually have a reason to resolve it. So I, I think it's very important to look at the motive behind what you're going to do about it. You and I have talked about, we, we do a lot of the why work. Like, why am I yes. this way? And yes. then, of course, the next step is, okay, now that you know why, what are you going to do about it? What are, right. the, what are the steps to correct that behavior? I was talking to uh, a young man recently, and he was um, distressed about dating. He really wanted to find a wife, and he went, wanted to have a lot, family and whatever. And uh, he it works for um, hourly. And I said, mm-hmm. well, well... Either you go to back to school and get a license or a certificate in technical trade or something that gives you a leg up against the competition so you can actually earn more money or you um, stay with a company long enough they actually see the value of who you are and they reward you with a salary. And mm-hmm. he said, I, I don't ever want a salary. I said, what? He goes, no, I want to be paid for the hours that I work. And because in salary, they make you work more hours than they pay you right. for. And I said, and you think that's a smart way to go through life. I was so frustrated. I said to him, with that mindset, you will probably never be able to afford your own place for your wife and your kids that you're going to want to have. Because you have a mindset of, I don't want to be taken advantage of. That's how you look at life, right? So it's it's interesting when people, the what behind the why. Once you know why, he said, the why for him was, I want someone in my life I can share my life with. So what are the steps to get that to happen? The minute that was put in place for him, he denied it. Didn't want to do it. Nope. I don't want that responsibility. And I'm like, okay, well, then you're just limiting yourself. You're limiting your options. So I think it's important for everybody to start thinking about, once I understand why I want something, whether it's to a marriage or it's a new job or it's a new friendship, then what are the steps you take to actually make that happen? And are those steps congruent with truth? Like this young man is not congruent with truth. 
he is not going to move the steps towards getting what he the why behind his what. So think about that, like in your life. Like if you want mm-hmm. a, new, a new friendship. Okay, so what are the steps? If you decided the reason I want a new friendship is a friendship I have is not really working. All right, what do you need to do then to find a new friend? And if you sit in wallowing of no one understands me, no one appreciates where I'm coming from, I'm afraid to go out and meet people, then you're not taking steps towards making it happen. You're not doing the things you need to do to make it happen. And that's what I think our listeners have to think about. What am I doing to fix the problems of my life? What am I doing to solve the problems? That's what it's all about in life. And making sure you're coming from that motive of, right? Like, you've got to make sure you come from a a place of strength, not a place of uh, broken, you know, or limitation. If my motive is dirty, I will not find peace in my achievements. I won't, I won't go to a good place because my motive behind why I'm doing the what is not clean. Your motive has got to be clean. Why am I doing this? And if you can't find it's funny, that, the layers, right. And the layers of that, my mom, we were watching this. I, I watched a couple of them. She's watching this show on Netflix uh-huh. and, and the layers of things that help people um, adjust that, Yes, you know, at the end of the day, it's, Actually, it was in the UK and this guy was in the parliament and and what they were letting go because he was, you know, affluent and ah. all of these different things that can layer on that, that, you know, the truth was this. Yes. You know, like how you tell yourself lies because of the layers of what your life are, right? Yes, <laughs> at of, yes. At the end of the day, he still did the wrong thing, but because he had money and he was in a position and he had to because um, he couldn't say that because then... He couldn't pass the bill that would help the poor people. But you know what right. I mean? So he but was no. making all these excuses. But the layers, <laughs> I like the layers. I, th- I think sometimes we get so layered in our dirt yep. that we can't yep. even begin to see the truth anymore. Yes. I, I, I've worked with people, for example, who have been, they have layered guilt on their parents for so long about what they did to them and how wrong they have been by their parents that they honestly justified why they are a jerk, why they are yes. pathetic, why their lives don't work. They, they take no ownership. It was, it's been so layered with dirt, they can't see their ownership and what their lives look like. And, and that's one of my most favorite moments in life is when someone washes clean from the past and their own dirt and is able to go, oh, okay, I see that now, right? That caused me great pain. Why would I allow that to continue to work in my life the way it has? I'm freeing myself from that and taking responsibility now for a new life, a new, a new focus. And that, that's such a refreshing moment when that happens. And too often it doesn't. Instead, they stay layered in justification for why their life doesn't work. And that's really the goal of mental health is to learn to get over that. Like in many ways, I feel like we're going backwards with, with um, people saying everyone has anxiety now. Everybody does. Like that is unbelievable to me that that's okay. Like that's just who we are. We're anxious. Like really? Like are we just, just going to make it okay for everybody to be anxious in their life as opposed so, to at peace? So if you're talking to our, our country, like what would be if you're like, okay, people, here's step one for anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, honestly, I would say all anxiety is is fear of the future. Stop worrying about your future. Do the right thing today. Just do yeah. what's right. I get people, for example, in college, like they're worried about what they're, what they're going to do for a job. I'm like, 
go to college, like learn, study, great people, concepts, truth, understand these concepts in your life, put them into play. Don't worry about four years from now, worry about right now, what you're doing and enjoy the camaraderie of friendships and people and new learning opportunities and how to navigate certain classes and teachers. And there's so much in your life right now to be focused on. Don't worry about the future. But I think people like to worry about the future because they don't want to deal with today. And that's not acceptable. And I would tell people to learn to be accountable. Like stop making it okay that you are the way you are. It's not okay. It doesn't work. That's not a truth you should hang your shingle on and believe that it's okay. Like get some ownership about the life you want to live. It it is so amazing today to see those people who have not bought the anxiety shingle. They don't buy it. Like, I don't feel it. It's not who I am. I like my life. They are stellar in today's world because they're unusual. When I was growing to college, everyone was expected to be that way. Now, nobody's expected to be that way. And I think we, as a society, need to start expecting each other to step up, find purpose, be committed to the moment, live in the day, do things that are principally good, like be kind to people, be engaging of others, take ownership for your own feelings. Stop putting it on on other people. There's so many easy, true principles people should be buying into that they don't seem to want to do today. And if they're weak and society's broken, they buy into what society's telling them. If you're strong, you'll know that doesn't work. No, society may say it does, but I'm not buying it. And unfortunately, we're getting more and more weak people that are accepting broken society as an excuse to stay broken themselves. Gosh, you know, Taylor, you should write a book. Um, oh, wait, you did. You wrote two. You I, wrote several. And, and, and <laughs> the People Code is being actually uh, read now by a wonderful reader. So it'll actually be on audio, which is great. Because a lot of people don't like to read. They, um, All they, I have to do is sit in my car and listen yes, to you. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's great. So really nice. great. Yeah, very excited about that. Okay, listeners, we got to quit for today. Cat, oh. um, it was great as always. And we will all be on next week. So have a wonderful day. I look for reason to be accountable. Bye Love now. you. Love everybody. Have bye a now. great day. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, Color Code family. It's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.